All right, episode five, me, Max, and the Mike. We're back. Mr. Everything, Max Sled, legendary Larry D, everything legendary, bringing you that me, Max, and the Mike podcast. Larry, how you been? Man, I've been awesome. It's been a great week. My wife and I have, we've really buckled down on like, we're turning this fucking bar here, man. We got something strong over here. Tell us about it. Well, what we got is Legends Bar and Events. It's down on on Walnut. We're going Walnut Strong. And what Walnut Strong is, is, is that ourselves and Skullface Records have, you know, we really put in a lot to this side of town and this side of town gets a little action but like the middle of town is where everything's going we got drama over here so yeah exactly and i feel like we've really turned the corner uh and and really made some shit happen you know we've we've been packed out like when we first opened we were struggling to get people in there i mean it was embarrassing you've seen man we had luke gallows in there and we had no bot I know, and you can see that over on uh, their version of their vlog, the <laughs> and, Good Brothers vlog. And it's like such, you know, what I think what I love about it the most is the growth that I see and the potential and what we have there. And, and even more, it's, it's it's something that, like, we're completely independent. You know, my whole family are, we're, we're 100% on us. Living on the hustle, betting on right. yourself. Yeah, exactly. And, and, like, there's no better feeling than to have yourself and your wife just look at each other and go, hey, you know what? Fuck it. You know, we got this. We got this opportunity. We've got this opportunity. We got that opportunity. We can work with these people. We can help. You know, that's what we do with Nick. You know, him and Brittany are great people. And, and just being being next door, being able to collaborate, being able to work. Nick comes over there and helps with the music, and he does DJ and karaoke. And it's just man, it works. We've been packed out this last month on Friday and Saturdays, really. Yeah, you guys had what? You had Rod Run. Yeah. They had bike uh, bike, bike night, night or bike weekend there, yeah, was, where it was uh, bikes everywhere. Right. Uh, you guys had the uh, ghost walk, the ghost tour through uh, not just Cynthiana, but right through the well, bar itself. The thing, well, it, well that's just a build man that's there's so much coming to that to where it's like that's just we're just we're just barely scraping the surface of potential of what we got but you know i'm going tomorrow after after we close tomorrow at the bar i'm going on my very first ghost hunt oh wow what's that gonna consist of it's, i'm gonna find a motherfucker and say let's go man but really it's <laughs> i mean Larry i'm D excited as a ghostbuster right there yeah. New, news at 11 yeah, I mean, I'm excited. Dude, what if I could get the fucking suit? You know, it's like... I think there would be copyright issues, but if we could just change it just enough, we could probably avoid those issues. Maybe. maybe. Well, you know how they used to do, like, doink the clown, but they're like, the world-famous wrestling clown's coming to Huntington, West Virginia. And I can be like, you know, the world-famous ghost hunter's coming to Legends Bar. Well, this is my first ghost experience. Like, I, I really, honestly, I never really gave it a chance. Do you believe in the paranormal? Do you believe something um, else is out there? Man, I used to think it was bullshit. Like my my kids would love when like they was kids, kids, and they would be really into ghost hunters, you know, and taps and all that shit. And like that was something that was com introduced completely by Paige. I I never never believed in it and all that, but you know, it, it was it it always piqued my interest. I guess you know, so uh, I, I believe that. I know from opening the bar, I've seen a few things myself over there, and I've heard a few stories over there, and I'm excited to go see what I can find tomorrow with the crew. Well, let's find out now. These are some interesting things that I don't know about. Tell me what you've seen over there. Tell me some of these stories. Well, I, me, me personally, 
I have seen, I remember by the pool table area, I was looking like catty corner. If you're into the bar where the entrance is, there's a door. Like if you ever watch the wrestling events, you know where they come out the curtain. Yeah. There's a door behind there that goes in the back. And there that door used to not be on there before Calvin put it on. And I was talking to Calvin and I could see over his shoulder. And like, I, I don't know, it was just a real quick like, whoosh, but it was like the, I like that like sound a, effect. Yeah. It was like a black blob. You know what I'm saying? Like it wasn't even like shaped. It was just like a, if I could tell you what it looked like, the only thing, do you, you ever play Pac-Man? I have. Or, uh, you know, where you go around and then you got Did like, it look like one of those guys? Because like, that would be a very interesting real, like, It was for real like, um, like black and like flowing. Maybe you, you keep a Pac-Man in the bar. But hey, anytime a ghost shows up, the Pac-Man Hey, here's a cheap him. pop though. We, Nick has a Pac-Man game that we're going to try to get in there. And, and like, yeah, man, we're, we're amping it up. And uh, man, that's the, I, the last month. My hustle has been directly with Paige uh, to make the bar where it's at and how it's growing. And, like, you know, a fully now my life is built around how I can. But the bar is I, I'm 100% there every day. She's 100% there every day. I talk to Nick. I mean, we're always collaborating. We're always pitching ideas to make this really stout because he's got a really – like, man, my daughter, you know, that she's – uh She's been playing the guitar and she's been coming to Skullface Records last night and, you know, the last three weeks uh, learning how to play the electric guitar. So last night was the first night that I actually got to come in here and watch what the fuck she could do. How was that? <clears throat> man, I, I really, it sounds make me sound like a punk, but like, man, it hurt like, it hurt in a good way because like I had a lump in my throat, like how proud I was just in three weeks is like Nick was playing the drums like and she was fucking she played the fucking opening to like Eminem's 8 Mile oh that's awesome uh, she, I love what was that. the Metallica rip she was learning nothing else matters and like she gets it like she's dude I love it because she struggled so much uh, with our, our town over and we lived in Georgetown and there were just some fucking assholes man and like all right, Georgetown, yeah, city well, assholes. Well, no, I'm just saying is like, you know, my yes, when it comes in regards to my daughter and yeah. her mental health, fuck yeah, they yeah. were assholes, man. The, the and school then, system and kids in the school system, it, not not everybody, but there's so much that goes on yeah, man. that you don't you don't know about until it happens to like, you. Like you got to you got to look at it like what's more important here, me me, I'm, I'm, I'm really fucking putting my daughter's mental health at risk here by not pulling her. And like my wife and I, Paige is, man, you know, th this was tough because we was worried that she'd start a new school system. And but she's fell right in and she's like, she has more friends now than I ever remember. And she's genuinely happy to go to school. And, and that's that makes me happy, you know. Yeah, that's a good thing. And then, you know, it's it's good to not only have that kind of, you know, like a support system and to have friends and have people that support you. And we know that she's got a caring, loving family and that you guys provide for all your kids. But it's always good to have that outlet as well, like being able to play the guitar or she's definitely uh, activities full of and stuff. Yeah, she she's a good kid. Dude, You've got some good kids. Did you see the fucking reel that I put up the other day when we came home? No, I didn't see it. So we randomly come home, you know, and, and we're running down the street. We come back and <laughs> you go go to my Facebook and see. But like uh, she's dressed in a fucking like mouse or like a donkey outfit or something. 
And like she, she takes a bra and puts it on the outside of this donkey outfit, and then she paints a beard on her face for no fucking reason. And I come home and I'm like, "What the fuck? What the fuck is going on here?" I just didn't think y'all were coming home this early. <laughs> <laughs> you just have to imagine what would have happened if you hadn't got home. I know, what, like, what, what was the plan? What, what kind of fucking shit's going on here? But yeah, man, it's I enjoy it. I love the teenage years, even though they always argue and they fight and they love each other. And you know, it's 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 it's, it's great being a dad. I told you, I think the other, the other week is like I enjoy being Larry D, but I really love being Larry D A D man. I'm telling you, I think that's a T-shirt right there. It is, it is, yeah. So, uh, but yeah, well, what are you talking about today? Is uh, what I, you got for you, me? You know, the thing is, is we're we're talking about all this optimism and all of this uh, excitement and what you've got going on. But we're going to take a step back to the past, and we're going to get to the end of the road. Oh, uh, you know, the last uh, little bit of the impact run yeah we talked about making an impact and i guess by the end of this episode we'll know if you made that impact or if the impact is yet to come we'll see about all that but first we must pay some bills we'll be right back all right right here at Skullface studios It's Joe's Kitchen. Buy your stuff from Skullface Records. Get off your asses and do it. All right, we're back, and uh, we're going to be talking about the end of the road. We can't do that without jumping to February 23rd. You talked about Luke Gallows. And it was on that date that you and AC got your first match against the Good Brothers. We've talked about Carl Anderson, Chad Allegra. We've talked about Luke Gallows. Talk about that match. Talk about the experience and what you think about the Good Brothers. Man, I love the Good Brothers. My favorite people to be around. And, you know, those guys were mecca, mecca stars, you know, and and they came in and just being across the sheet from them. I knew that if nothing else, I, I absolutely knew we was going to lose, but I also knew that we was going to have some good eyes on us. You know, a lot of eyes was because everyone they love the brothers, man. Great people. I really like the fact that, you know, regardless, you're in there, you're in there with Chad, Carl Anderson, and uh, we know that you guys are friends. You go way back. And regardless of win, lose, or draw, he was going to give you little shine moments, at least a little something. If it's five, ten minutes, there's still going to be a little bit of spotlight put on you because he wants people to look at you. The Good Brothers, they wanted nothing but success for you there in Impact. And I remember there was one spot where you machine-gunned Carl Anderson, where you shot at him. And, uh, you know, it's pretty cool. It's just a little moment where it's like, hey – you know, you may not be doing much of nothing, but the eyes are on yeah, you. Yeah, of course, you know, and it's like that was my moment in the light with the brothers, you know, and and just being in there with them, getting to mix it up, and I felt completely comfortable. You know, a lot of people I see, they, oh, there's the brothers, they're nervous and everything. Like I remember when Chad first came to TV, 
and I was coming out of Wrestle House, and like you could tell, Chad's a star, man. Like that guy, he, he, you see it. You remember Squared Circle Expo? He walked in and just the room stopped and looked. You know, he, he, he is the part that you know he's the star that he is. You know, yeah, and he's always been so down to earth. Uh, the thing that I love about Chad Allegra is that. You know, we've known him since he was just Chad Allegra, <laughs> since he had just you, started training, and he's always the, been that guy. Did I tell you the story about that when he did walk into TV, and, like, I'm sitting there with, like, the rest of the jobbers? <laughs> it's like, please go back to your corner, <laughs> Mr. D. You don't know these guys. No eye contact. Like I'm just sitting over there with the extras and the tried and true groups. Like, yeah, we're going to get in there, I think, today. <laughs> Larry, uh, don't you touch him. But like he walks in and like you know he he's like fucking Larry D what the, and he grabs me up in a big hug and he's like man we're room seven thirty come up and drink with us we'll catch up it's good to see you and, and like he walks away and and then everybody's like <laughs> what the fuck was that you know because they had no idea that we had like known each other for years and and you know everyone's like well what now you gonna hang with the brothers now you gonna hang with the brothers you're like man i've been hanging with the brothers since day one you're tired i've always known man you know but gallows i I, the first time i met gallows was through chad and that was down at impact and 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 man it was like i had known him for 20 years you know like we had never missed a beat from from time we shook hands and it was it was great you know And, and and yeah they 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 wanted to make me look good they helped me tremendously i love those guys yeah the thing is is like their title or their niche is they they're called the good brothers yeah but genuinely both of those guys are the definition if if, if there was a dictionary and it said good brothers their picture would be next to it because they love to brother it up yeah. they love to you know go like you said go back to the room and watch wrestling talk wrestling those guys those guys are brothers oh, like, yeah, there is no other definition yeah. for them other than good brother. And you would think like they're a wild party. So it's just you watch your bad matches. You find <laughs> you go to Gallo's room and you find your worst match and you like we watched we watched Chad and I from Paris, Kentucky, you know, in Gallo's room. That's just just good times, man. They're great people. My favorite thing about that match is I was there that night and uh when they were announcing Chad and he was getting ready to go out, he looked at us and he goes Nobody here fucking knows me. <laughs> and then he went through the curtain and was like, "Come on, let's go, Paris!" And those people just uh, they they clapped and yeah. you guys went out there and you got down. And I think later on you all came back to a tag match with uh, I think Roger Ruffin was maybe your partner and maybe Scott uh, Hayes was, was Chad. Scott, yeah, it was Chad's Scott partner. with Chad? Yeah, yeah, because I remember they were going over a spot and uh, just casually. Chad's talking with Roger, and he just goes, yeah, we'll do this, we'll do this, uh, powerbomb, uh, we'll do this, we'll do this. And Roger goes, whoa, 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 go back. What did you say? And he goes, oh, you know, I said, we'll do this, we'll do this. He goes, no, 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 after that. And he goes, oh, powerbomb. And then he goes on, and uh, Roger goes, whoa, 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 back, about, back, whoa, back. Did you say powerbomb? He goes, oh, cool, yeah, I'll just call to you out there. <laughs> Good stuff. I love Chad Allegra. I, yeah. I remember when he first went to New Japan – uh, I would constantly uh, like talk to him online and just say like, "Hey man, I'm so proud of you. Hope everything's going good there." Uh, when he got his family, I remember messaging him uh, frequently, just being like, "Hey, you know, so proud of you. Hope your wife's doing good. Hope your son's doing good." Of course, uh, Super all sorts nice. of stuff. Uh, the only thing that I would do that I think drove him crazy is uh, randomly I would say, "What time is it?" And he'd say, "What do you mean? What time is it?" And I'm like. What time is it? I know what time it is here. What time is it in Japan? 
He would always tell me, but such a good guy. Yeah, man, I, I love those I love guys. Chad Allegra. It's cool, too. It's like, you know, we're talking about me wrestling Chad those years ago in Paris, Kentucky, and then getting the opportunity to do it on national television in front of the red light. You know, that's that's pretty cool little come around, I feel. Yeah, and this is a guy that uh, we talked about. You know, if you want to step up in this business, obviously we have a school, Legends Pro Wrestling Academy, but if I was to endorse any other school, if I were to say you want to make it in this business, the place to go is Bone Crushers Academy. Right. Uh, if you go to Bone Crushers, Roger Ruffin, he refereed at WrestleMania. He refereed Brett versus uh, Roddy Piper. Uh, this is a guy that was there when Randy Savage is tied up in the ropes. Yeah, and Jake he had Roberts the fucking the snake, snake on him. him. Yeah. Uh, nobody knows this business quite like Roger Ruffin, and uh, there is no give up there. You know, there are signs all over the wall that tells you. Not, there is no give up. That's the only thing you're not allowed to do there. Well, look at just the success rate alone that comes out of there. Yeah, with Jordan Clearwater, who we saw this he's past be, week. He's I doing think he's so going to be a great. major star. I, I feel like Jordan Clearwater is just now grooming his, you know, he's just now starting to reach a little bit of his potential there at the NWA. But I feel like he's going to have that stepping stone, and we're going to see him on a major stage. He, he's He's got the dedication, the hard work. He's got everything. Yeah, and we talked about it that – the guys that he trains there, you know, you can you can go from the top to whatever. Uh, you've got Chad Allegra, you got Jillian Hall, Jordan Clearwater, Abyss, Chris Harris, all these guys that come out of there so humble. They do not come out of there and know what level star right. they are. I saw Jordan last week, and the first thing he did was hug me and say, "Hey, yeah. I had to come over." I, I see. I saw Chad Square Circle Expo. Yeah. Same thing. Uh, you see Abyss that's been – he's a Hall of Famer. Yeah. He's won the NWA title. He now works for the WWE. I see him, big hug every single time. Roger Ruffin's doing something right up there at Bone Crushers. And I should also tell you about, like, the talent pool in the areas. Like, man, if there, there's such talented potential walking around the streets right now that don't even know how much money they could probably make if – they gave it the chance. That's it, man. If you're willing to work hard, you're willing to do what it takes to make it in this business, there are people like us. There are people like Roger Ruffin who will get out of you what is inside. If you're willing to do the work and you're willing to get there, by God, your dreams will stop being dreams. You'll wake up and you'll you'll look over and you'll say, man, that's not my dream. That's my reality. Of course. And then you get to take a magic killer right there from him. That's it. <laughs> right. And the thing is, it didn't stop there. March 2nd, you came back and you guys teamed with your friends Reno Scum. Yeah. And you took on them and Finn Juice. Yeah. This right here is like New Japan royalty at the time. Finn Juice, Good Brothers, huge in New Japan. Here they are. They're in Impact Wrestling and they're working you guys in an eight man tag. What's your memories of working with Finn Man, Finn Juice was great. They're such talented, you know, guys and, and just getting to talk to them and know them beyond wrestling is, you know, they put a lot of work in, especially at that time is, you know, they're gone all that time to Japan and then they don't see their girlfriends, their fiancés, their kids for, you know, 30 days at a time, you know, 90, sometimes months. And then just to come back a day or two to go back to do impact tapings. But man, you know, you could tell they were really good, you know, 
when you when upon first just just presence you can tell that like those guys know what they got you know they they're they're they they can fucking go and like i knew who they were and and just sharing it and that, again very courteous very kind did not they 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 had every every right and could have easily came in there and said Larry D just boom, boom boom take this take this go out tag your partner but they really took their time to make sure that i looked good as i could even though we were enhancing them yeah who was your favorite out of fin juice did you like did you like finley or, or would you? Finley was great, but but man, brother Juice was the man. Yeah. Juice is the man. Yeah, he, well, yeah, we would like like he was. I remember when I got to Vegas, uh, and and I, I got out of my Uber and I opened the door. As I was coming in the door, he was coming out, and his he's like, "Fucking Larry D!" Like he just you could tell he was genuinely happy to see me because he thought like I had been gone for so long. He thought, "Oh, I was just fucking not coming back," and this, that, and another, and just genuinely happy to see me and catching up and talking about life. And then we talked about wrestling. Yeah. yeah. Well, you have to think at least when they, they could have put anybody in those situations with those high yeah. uh, quality tag teams. You know, you're working with the good brothers. You're working with Finn juice. Uh, not only did you, you work the good brothers, you worked the eight man. Then you came back and you guys had a tag just against Finn juice. You have to think that at least if creative had nothing as far as a direction, they at least knew who to put into that match to get the most out of that high quality talent. So they must have thought that you guys were pretty good talent yourselves. I would like to think so. I mean, I feel like in order to put you in there with those guys, it's they would have to have some sorts of trust in you. But also, I mean, you're a contracted professional wrestler for crying out loud. Let's you know, let's go in there and tie our boots up and do the same. No offense to those guys. They might have bigger stardom, but you know, I can go with any of those guys, and I'm sure AC felt the same. Or at least I would like to think he did. Yeah. So I mean, really big tag team matches, but one of your most high profile singles matches came up after that, and that was on March thirtieth. You got to get into the ring with Sammy Callahan one-on-one, and I know that you felt really good about this match and that you felt like it was a uh, highlight for your uh, singles career and just a small taste. We've talked about it several times. You were in there with Elgin. You were able to give him a small taste. You are in there with Tommy Dreamer. You were able to give him a little bit bigger taste. Now you're in there with Sammy Callahan, and there were so many glimpses of what Larry D could do. Tell us about the match with Sammy Callahan. Sammy's always been great. Uh, I can't thank Sammy enough for what he's done to help get me there because I know that he was really big on early getting me uh, eyes on me. And, and and I knew that when we were to, to work with each other that he would he would really do his part to make me, you know, look as good as possible because he want you know that's what he that's what he would want. You know, he wants his guys to flourish. He wants guys to, you know, that he recommends to come in to do well. And and you know, we've always had a really good friendship to where it's not like he's again you know little old me that's coming there you know just on a on you know they know what we're there for you know we're enhancing but they could very easily just bulldog us around but guys like sammy guys like the brothers they didn't do that finjuice none of those guys done that they at least on my end i i felt that they done their very best to make sure that i as larry d looked the best that i could you know he gave me a lot you know he's former impact world champion you know i feel like it showed that i can go you know and i was really high my confidence was really at all time, it was a big level there. How did you feel that you guys' trajectory was going at this point? Oh yeah. Did you think like, okay, hey, we're in there with some of the top guys, and you know, hey, I'm working Sammy Callahan, former champion. Yeah. Uh, 
did you feel like, hey, this right here, this is the t- – I, I know I talked to you at several points because we worked out. We talk almost every day. And there were so many times that you're sitting there and you are busting it in the gym. You're sending the pictures of how you're progressing with your body. Uh, you are thinking right. You're coming up with ideas. You're getting new gear almost every single week. You're going back to tapings. You're looking good. You got new gear. Right. And I know that you had to think, man, I am giving it all I've got and it's going to turn any minute now. We're going to start being off to well, the races. I felt like that was that turning point. I felt like we had, we had came out of all that Russell House. We had came out of everything like that. And and now they're, they're seeing, now. okay, look at this. Because AC was in the gym working hard as well, you know, and, and – and, I had an opportunity to get out there and show what I could do. And, and to me, I felt like – really, I, I think I even told just like for the first time ever at Impact Wrestling, I felt like, man, we could really work hard enough and, and keep doing what we're doing. We could be the Impact Wrestling Tag Team Champions, you know, at one point. And I felt like we're getting – they're, they're, they're testing it. They're showing us. I don't know. I felt like I was out there killing it with those, you know, with Sammy for sure. Man, and I, I tell you – there, if you go back and you watch, we talk about every week, hey, make sure you subscribe to the Impact uh, Plus app. Make sure you get that network. Check out all of uh, Larry D's matches. Plus, you know, go back and see all of the great matches that Impact Wrestling and TNA has to offer. Uh, I can't talk, you know, uh, good enough about that. But if you go back and you look, there's an evolution period from the time that you get there and progressively as you watch that gear keeps getting better and better and more fire and more fire. And, uh, you know, at first, uh, I can't remember if you guys were just in the tights. Not sure when you guys got into, well, like, the mechanic type first, shirts. And- we first got there. Like I said, we didn't know that we was going to be a tag team until that first February in Lexington, Louisville. Yeah, and didn't have the matching gear and yet. And then March was the our TV date. So we didn't have enough time to get matching gear. So we went to that first TV, you know, I had blue tights. He had his golden black tights and we're just another thrown together tag team. I felt our appearance was, uh, but once we got down to the empty sets and we had six weeks or eight weeks and, and Sammy hooked us up with a nice gear maker and they look phenomenal. They're actually hanging on the wall over there at the bar. Make sure you stop by Legends and Bar and Events. You got to take a look at all the cool yeah. stuff on the wall. We'll talk about that more later. But go I've, ahead. Had, I've had a bunch of sets of gear in my time, a lot. But like that, that black and white set of gear meant a whole hell of a lot to me because like that's TV gear right there. Like I've had good gear, but like that's TV gear right there. Yeah. To and this it, day, you still have like the gauntlets yeah, and yeah. Uh, everything looks really, and, really know, good. Zodiac does a great job at making my gear now. Yeah. You know? Hype the hype those people up. The people that uh, are I can't, making I, that gear. I can't remember who who Sammy's guy was, and I, I hate that I don't know exactly because Sammy was the one that that got it. And but I know that my gear ninety nine point nine percent of the time comes from Zodiac who makes great gear he's 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 got decent turnaround really good pricing and and just a good individual to talk to and he's really good at like he if you're struggling with how something he'll he'll throw some ideas at you and 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 then you know it makes it work I'm very blessed to have him being so close to me to where he he hand delivers my gear we're so close yeah, how can we get in touch with them? If anybody out there wants that good gear, we always talk about when we're training people that you have to invest in yourself, and that includes going out and getting gear. Uh, you see a lot of these guys, they go out there, and everybody has that high spots gear, or everybody has that already made e-lucha gear. 
go ahead and spend that little bit of extra to get a hundred dollar pair right. of really good tights or to get your logo or your name just something that sets you aside from everybody else because the thing that I'm going to do is I'm going to look at you, and if you look like you've already been there, you've already convinced right. me. We yeah. say hype is reality, and the reality is that, man, I don't know who you are, but you sure look special. I immediately had people asking, like, you new gear this loop? Well, you got this loop, you know? So, you know, I just, I, especially when I got into wearing, like, trunks and stuff, you know, I didn't I only got to wear, you know, trunks once on impact television. But, man, when I was, when I was in the trunks, I was getting a new pair. Two or three a month. I think it might have been right before Bound for Glory. If not, just uh, clarify for me. But I remember there was a picture that you put up on Facebook, and I think you stood up on of your the bed. Red, the red gear. Yeah, and you yeah. took that picture, and it looked so good. Yeah. Your body was hitting. Your gear was hitting. And right there, it was like, this guy here, not only does he want it, this man is TV ready. Right. I felt great there. You know, and I, 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 and from there, my confidence continued to build to where it's like, I know, boy, I know, I'm ready, I'm ready. They know I'm ready. They know what I'm capable of. They're gonna pull. They're, they're gonna give me something. That's you know? it. Because whether it's tag team wrestling, singles wrestling, whether it was doing and I like say more, me as in we or me. Yeah, yeah. No, no offense. That's what I was getting to. Is like whether it's you know the TV matches, singles matches, tag matches, whether they're having you do Lawrence D, whatever it is. You were firing at your best. You were giving them everything you had. Job. Whatever they asked for, it didn't matter. They could have said, hey, you're the guy that lets people in at the tapings. Like the, the bar goes up and you check their ID and let them through the gate. And no. by God, you'd have been the best gate checker that they ever had. I agree. You were firing with all cylinders. And I want to talk more about that right after we get back from these commercial messages. Pay them bills, boys. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in to Please enjoy all the newest and hottest podcasts like, like, like Me, Max, and a Mic, hosted by Mr. Everything, Max Sled, and the best hand in the house, legendary Larry D. They discuss life as a wrestler and Larry D's experiences with Impact Wrestling. Don't miss one single episode of Me, Max, and a Mic podcast series making an impact k-p-r-i-s with Skullface records presents where nick himes and travis franklin explores and investigates the most haunted areas of cynthiana kentucky Hosted by Michael Lynn Watkins and Nick Himes. They listen to the best underground metal from all over the world and discuss mainstream professional wrestling. Don't miss the weekly CD of a week by Michael Lynn Watkins and then the Battle of the Bands. Nick's Mayhem Music Review. A fun and entertaining podcast that highlights unheard music from all over the world. Being discussed and broke down by Nick Himes and Ryan the Lion Lochner. Don't miss the video of the week and all the great tunes on Mixed Mayhem Music Review. 
Wow. Tune in to Live with Nick Nasty, where you'll hear all the latest news with anything associated with Skullface Records slash radio. A monthly top ten show, and you never know who will be the next big guest sitting in the studio with Nick Himes. Live with Nick Nasty. Please subscribe and share. All of our podcast shows are available on Spotify and all major podcast providers. Don't forget about our band camp where you can hear all the music. Skullface Records Radio. Skullface Records Radio. All right, we're back. And I'm not sure if you got that in before we had went to break, but how can you get in touch with Zodiac for that gear? Uh, you can reach out to Michael's, Michael Zodiac on Facebook, and uh, you can't miss him. He's also, you know, he's a wrestler. He's active. You will you'll you can't miss him. He's in the mask, and he's just great, great gear maker. I wish I had his email. I wish I had more than that because uh, he's very deserving of the, you know, the, the projects that can get sent his way. That's right. And you can always message us as well. If you I, can. I will hundred percent put you in touch with him. If you message me, he deserves, he deserves all the praise he can get because he's a great gear maker. Yeah. Hit us up on social media or go right over to the me, Max and the Mike podcast page right there on Facebook. Uh, send us a message. Also remember while you're there, send in your questions every week, me, Max and the Mike, Larry D and myself, we will answer anything. Uh, we love anything. it. That's it. Hit the like button. Hit the subscribe button. Share it because we can't do this without each and every one of you. Uh, we were talking about your run there. The the but uh, you could say the go home run. Yeah, man. Uh, there in my, Impact my Wrestling. Final leg. And we had talked about you and Sammy Callahan having a match. Uh, you all actually came back on April 8th and had a tag match where he brought his partner, Trey Miguel, and they were kind of doing an odd couple uh, tag team. They were feuding. Uh, they teamed up as partners, and they faced you and AC. Obviously, we don't have to go into the win-loss on that, there but wasn't, well, let's talk about the match. There really wasn't much to it, though. I mean, it was it was basically to get over the fact that they were disgruntled and Sammy's trying to torture him, you know, when they're – you know, like I say, the odd couple, I guess you would say, and we just needed to go out there and hit what we needed to get them over on TV. So I can't remember anything like, like with Sammy. I remember hitting that discus lariat. I, rem you know, I remember moments with Sammy of like grabbing. You know, I can't really say that. The only thing I remember about that was just that we were we were just there to to get to advance and advance their storyline. It, you know. Yeah. How was it to work with Trey when he is teamed with like Sammy as opposed to you had faced him before multiple times? as a member of the Rascals, and it's a different dynamic. Obviously, you face the Rascals. They're flying all over the place. They're going 100 miles an hour. This is a more serious Trey yeah, Miguel, more a more slowed down. aggressive. He's a fighter. Yeah. yeah, he's a fighter, yeah. And their tag team chemistry, obviously, they're telling that story that they don't get along, and here you guys are just trying to take advantage of that, and somehow they come together, they get the win. Yep. But uh, anything different about that match? Or not, just, no, not really. This I is mean, more just, of a storyline progression. I think I've worked with the guys for so long. It's just another day in the office with them, you know. And and like I say, I, I could I could sit here and tell you about the Sammy gig and, and on the match, but I, I I knew the business was very. I, if I remember, it's a very short segment it really got to just a very small a bit of action that led to them over us and segment over 
Yeah, May 15th, we went into Under Siege. Uh, you know, we talked about that they have these special monthly, like, pay-per-views right. that aren't to the uh, full public. Like, they're not offered out on pay-per-view. If you have Impo- uh, Impact Plus app, I think you might be able to also get it on Fight. They offer these uh, little specials, and this was Under Siege, and it was you and AC taking on Ace Austin and Madman Fulton. Uh, any memories of that match or just those guys in general? I don't think we've talked much yeah. about Ace Austin and Madman Fulton. Yeah, they're great guys. Ace Austin is super talented. I've said this before. I think he's going to be a very rich man by the end of his time in pro wrestling. He's super talented. Uh, Madman Fulton, you know, obviously a big, huge monster. He, you know, he's been around the world. Um as far as I me mean, again, same. I, I think it was just big man, big man spot and ace, ace, ace running around AC, things like that. Uh, I think it just got to the point of just so basic enhancing there towards the end when we were tagging that it really didn't, you know, there wasn't much focus on much of just, okay, y'all go make them look good. You yeah. know, do you feel that, that's when I knew it was kind of like, okay, I'm starting to like feel a little fucking unappreciated. Like I've killed myself, you know, like I've been busting it. Like, give me some. Yeah. Know? That's what I was going to ask you is like, we, we just talked about you're in these high profile matches. You're in there with Sammy Callahan. You're in there with the good yeah. brothers. You're in there with Finn juice. And then all of a sudden, now it's just like, ah, yeah, just we talk about all the time is like when you are in a creative position, like what we are with like Gen X wrestling, you want to be a guy that is written for, not written right. in. Well, I think that that we were written in. Yeah. I, I think that, yes, you know, I think what we did with any, and I'm blessed, I'm 100% blessed to be able to get the opportunities that I did. But I think there, what we're talking about is like anyone could have gotten in and, and they could have saved money and put anyone in there, really. How, how does that make you feel? They're paying it, you all that hurtful. money. They're I mean, flying you in. And- you know, you set all that aside. Yeah. Let's get rid of all that. I mean, yeah, that's great. I'm blessed. But man, at the end of the day, it's like, I want to do what I know I can fucking do. You Definitely know? has to hurt like the ego yeah, and the fuck, pride. Yes, for sure. man, it kills you. Like it eats you up because you still have to uphold like, hey, you know, I'm good. Everything's good. But man, inside you're like, the fuck am I doing wrong? It's like I've given my life for this. I've quit my job. My wife's here. We're we're, we're rolling. You know, it's like everything's. But I can't. You know, I'm working hard. I'm working hard as I ever have, and, and I'm super living the best I have. And I put all that aside, I know what I can do in the ring, and like uh, all of that, it was just so mentally draining. To like, you just get there. It's like I know I can bust through it. Just somebody open and give me something. You know, I can't, I can't force anyone to give me any sorts of creative. I don't have that clout. You know, obviously they didn't give a fuck. I feel, you know, to, to if I was there or not. But you know, I just I knew I could do much more. I yeah. knew I could. And the unknown is so mentally draining. I know that you. You didn't know from month to month or taping to taping if they were going to use you. No. If they were going to bring you in, what they were going to do. The, the, the frustrating part was that, like, you know, you you really have to work hard out here to fill these dates. And, and, and now, now when you work, it's not like I'm working for $20 no more. You know, I have a family to feed on this. I've quit. I've quit my job. I've quit. I've quit. I've quit something that I was a part of for. I don't know. I was a welder, what, 15, 16 years. Yeah. Long time. And then you bet on yourself and you yeah. were in impact wrestling. You thought, hey, we're off of to the course, races. You know, and now you're doubting yourself. It's well, like, do I do I yeah. have to go back and, you know, tuck my tail and say, hey, I failed at this or I did. You know? I felt I felt like a failure. I felt like an embarrassment. I felt like I, I did an injustice to my family. It's like, what the fuck, man? 
what have I done here? You know, but, but, you know, I don't, I still don't feel like there was anything like personally, I just feel like it was just business. You know, they didn't have anything to fit us in. And, yeah. you know, maybe they didn't want to buy the flights. And, you know, but the, like I say, it's it's hard to fill those dates. And 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 when I was getting production emails, so you don't feel, I, I, to me, it's like, there's our TV dates. Okay, I'm not going to fucking feel this weekend. I, I'm gonna, I don't want to do that. I don't want to be the guy that, hey, man, I'm sorry. I got to do these impact tapings. You know, I can't be at your show, even though, you know, I've committed to you before you know and and then to get five or seven days out to realize like hey am i you know i'm not hurting like i usually have flight details by now and, and it's like well let me call you back and then three days later it's like, oh you know you guys were you were originally on the first draft and then creative came back and you're off but you know stay in good shape and i think you guys are on the next one and then it's kind of the same gig every month it's like boom you get so excited so excited like i'm ready to cut loose i'm look at me i'm ready let's fucking go yeah you just ah motherfucker you know no that's, matter how good you are no matter how hard you work in the gym, in the ring, you could be your best self and still, regardless how hard you work, you have no control over there's somebody there with a pen or with that's making decisions that it doesn't matter how hard you work, it's whether they see it or whether they see it and then have something creatively lined up. It, I've said it for years, sometimes the best wrestler in the world is some guy you've not, never heard of ever in this entire world, but it's the guy that they, right. they came up with. That's the guy that you know. Yeah, I'm not I'm not sure really if there was ever plans for us to be mega, you know, top tier tag team. I think I'm not sure if the plan was just to be what we were. You know, there were so many people that came in and out of there. It's easy to get lost in the mix, especially if something happens that keeps you out of a loop and then you're out of sight, out of mind, and you're fucked. And I really feel like that that got us. How would you say, um, I guess I'll state it like this, what are the benefits and what are the, um, try, I want to make sure that I word this properly. We know that you are on a per appearance deal. Yes. And a lot of people, they don't think about that. They think, oh, wow, you got this cool contract. They're going to pay you, fly you all over the world. What are the benefits and what are the, uh, I'm trying to think, I don't want to say, the wrong word for the opposite, but tell us about that per appearance deal and how it can be a good thing well, and how it can be a bad thing. Well, here's the thing, man, is like my advice to anyone that gets offered a contract of sorts is like, really, let's 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 take the excitement of like, oh, fuck, I've been offered the deal. I get to sign this piece of paper that says I fucking am the man. You know, I've made it. And if you ain't if you ain't there and you ain't working, you ain't getting and paid. You don't really, you know, because we're so used to as independent wrestlers going out and, and you know, uh, not making a lot of money and and just hustling and you know shows are canceled all the time. But you know, when you make it to that level, you would think like, okay, now now I can really. This is my job now. I don't. It's not. It's not that I'm an independent wrestler on the weekends or third Wednesday through whatever. I mean, I, I think I was a little different before I had gotten my deal. I, I was different. I'd done it different. I was si still six days a week uh, involved in pro wrestling, uh, not signed. But, you know, when you, when you do sign that deal, you do think, well, life's getting ready to get better for me. And it did. But, 
when you realize it, it did when I was on the sets, let's say, how about that? Like it, it was fucking great whenever I was on the loops and you know, I was active still on TV. That's and, it. And I, I remember you being like, Hey, win, lose or draw. I just want to be there. Yeah. Just let me be there. Because if, if I just get the opportunity to be there, I'm going to show you what you're missing out on. I'm yeah. going to show you what I can do. So, I mean, I didn't really feel, I didn't really feel the crunch of the per appearance until, you know, we was off of TV. You know, I was still making, you know, my rate on the indies, but, you know, you add in those TV loops, you're making pretty good money. You know, I was making money I've never made in my life before, you know, even even off TV. So you could imagine when I was on TV, you know, on top of that, how great it was. But then you, you start to lose that per appearance. You know, it's like, fuck, I'm losing this money now. And then now you're off TV and then you got people saying, are you still, are you still with impact? You know, it's like, well, yeah, man, I'm, let me wear my, let me wear my track suit to let everybody know that I'm still under contract with impact wrestling. You know, it's, it's, it's embarrassing. It was, it was to the point that it was embarrassing that there's a live pay-per-view going of impact and, and, and there's folks in the dressing room watching the impact fucking pay-per-view. And, and I'm sitting next to them, and they're claiming that I'm the Impact Wrestling star, <laughs> you know. But no one knew there was even a, a pay per view going. You know, when's the next time? When's the next time's Impact on? You know, they, 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 they just seen the Impact logo by my name, and you know, oh, well, he's a TV guy. You know, not knowing there's a pay per view going live that they don't know about that I'm fucking not on. How tense were those conversations with D'Lo Brown? I know you guys had to go back and forth so many times, and he was such a proponent of yours and wanted the best for you and gave you great advice. And He was just doing his job. I couldn't get upset with him at all. I love D'Lo. You know, it, it, I don't think it ever got tense. I mean, the only time that, that like, I really was like, ah – was on January the 3rd. It was my daughter's birthday. <laughs> you know, it was her fourth birthday or third birthday. And, um, you know, I'm sitting there thinking like, damn, we're we're like a, less than a week out and I've not gotten anything. And I had been off for, for a while. And I had, no, I just got back to Vegas. And then I was back. And then I was thought I was on the Fort Lauderdale Loop. And he, you know, I called him. And he was like, well, man, you know, you're not on. I was like, Man, I think it's best maybe I just uh, go ahead and ask for my release. And I ain't got no heart. I didn't even, I hadn't talked to Paige about it. I hadn't talked to you about it. I haven't talked to my dad about it. None of that. It was just, I was standing on my front porch. And I just felt like, man, you know, you got to, you know, this is great that you've, that you've accomplished this, you know, you signed this contract deal and, and, and everything. But when you, when you sit through it and when you're actually in the midst of it, it it's great that you signed that deal, but there's the, with every, everything positive, you got to go through some rough patches and that was a real rough patch. And, and, and even, even harder knowing that I had a year left on my deal, you know, that my contract, uh, that, that I could have waited and, and still been wearing my fucking impact suit and going around to the indie shows while they were still on live television. Hey, that's it, man. And, uh, you know, while they, do you think they sold you a bill of goods or do you think that it just is things happen the way they're meant to happen? Well, I mean, I can't, I'm not at all going to like knock them because once I signed that deal, I mean, if, 
if if it wasn't for December the 19th or what the date was at No Surrender, if Scott DeMore didn't step foot in that ring and give me that deal, I wouldn't be sitting here in front of you right now. I wouldn't have that bar next to me over here. I'd still have to be out there at Qualex welding, and I would have to, you know, be still doing the old dad stuff, running the indies, thinking that I'm going to make it at 38. I don't think I would have – I don't think I would have the mindset that I have now in regards to pro wrestling. I don't think that I would be able to uh, pass the knowledge – that I, I'm able to pass on to our students over at the academy. I don't think I would understand it the way that I understand it in the ring and out of the ring. I think that it's done nothing but good for me, but that doesn't mean that I'm still not inside. Like, man, I, I got so much more left there at Impact that I could have done, and you guys didn't give me the chance to fucking show you. You know, that's, that's, that's just where it's at, you know? Yeah, and somebody that's going to have a chance to show us what they're all about are these commercial breaks. <laughs> All right, here we go. We're going to roll a commercial. Would you like to donate money to our cause? Shit ain't free, man. This stuff takes money. Every little bit helps. We can do a commercial for your business. You can make you money, and then we can make money. Want to sponsor a segment or one of our shows? Want to get famous, man? Want to sponsor a show? Multiple mentions, all kinds of publicity. Email us, skullfaceradio at gmail.com. Don't forget the social medias. Find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash groups slash Skullface Records Radio. Listen to Skullface Records Radio. I love rock and roll. This is BK Hines, and you can hear me on Skullface Records Radio. So we're back, and before we get into all of that, that, you know, we kind of jumped ahead just a little bit, Triple XL wasn't over quite yet. We had a, a series of events where you guys go into Swingers Palace. Tell us about uh, your adventure into Swingers Palace and uh, the little vignettes and clips. So, again, it was a time that we could show our range a little bit uh, outside of the ring. I felt like it was, it was, and it was a little something, you know. Uh, I felt like I, at that point, I was like, okay, now we're back in the mix a little bit because they're giving us backstage vignettes. We got some pre tapes. You know, maybe, maybe, maybe it's our, maybe our time's coming around right at that point. And again, it was just, you know, build them up, knock us down, build them up, knock us down. It was, I don't, I don't think we ever had our build up, if that makes sense. It's like we, we, we may have gotten a win or maybe we lost and then attacked someone after, you know, post match and then go into, you know, like a little mid semi pay per view just to put them over clean again. You know, I don't feel like there was ever, you know, that serious, like, we can we can build these guys. Do you remember anything about those Swingers Palace episodes? I know that you guys went in there to uh, drink. And uh, other than that, I don't remember a lot about it. But the main reason we talk about it is because these episodes of Swingers Palace that you guys did, whether it was like one or two vignettes, led to the very last match of Triple XL. And nobody knew going up was to that, it. Was um that... Chris Saban and James Storm? With the last match? Yeah. No, no, the last what match. What was that? You guys didn't even make it on Impact. You guys had oh, done Swinger's Swinger Palace and, and did the before the Impact. On before the Impact. Yeah. We got a win. I hit a splash on Swinger That's from the top it. row. And it looked like that was going to be your, like, you had hit this huge yeah. splash, and it was all over the internet. People were gifting it. Um, and, you know, you guys you go know, over on Hernandez and Swinger coming out of this Swinger's Palace 
and that's it. That is the end of I remember, I remember you were like, you you were exci- so excited about like, man, I don't know. That's, you know, and, and I remember just being so like at that point mentally is like, I could talk to you about a hundred percent, like how I felt at that time. Like when we were going to the gym, I could really, you know, we would have those conversations. Yeah. And, and you were like, man, I don't know. They, they, they put you guys over this, that, and another. And I was like, man, I don't even, it would shock me if we even came back at all. You remember that? Yeah. You know, my thing is, is do you, you know, we don't have to uh, sit here and do like innuendo. No. What we, what we know, what is fact is that after that set, uh, AC got COVID and you guys were put off of TV. Yes. So, because obviously he had to get better yeah. before you guys could get brought back on. So you get this big win. You've got this huge moment that they are capitalizing on. They're putting it out there. You're splashing off the top rope. And it was really, really cool because people weren't expecting that type of finish, especially on a before the impact. Right. It's a pre-show to lead into impact. And uh, that moment was everywhere. People were like, man, look at Larry D. Look at Triple XL. And – that you know, like I said, there the COVID diagnosis came back after that, and no more triple X. No, we were we were cake at that. But do you think that they were ready to start running, or do you think that would have just been big moment? I felt and then like we'll use that to put you. I under felt to like somebody that was bigger. another. I felt like that may have been a way to you know enhance us to go on to say an Ace Austin or a Fulton or a Good Brothers or Finn Juice or one of those next tier tag teams just to you know put them over very easily. You know. I mean, no offense. I, I was. I'm definitely blessed. You know, to do what I did on the TV, but. Uh, I, again, I, I think my confidence was so shot. Like I'm sitting there, like still working my my ass off, you know, trying to stay in the best shape possible. But like they, my confidence was so shot. Like it didn't even, I didn't even have it in my head that they even cared to, you know, give a little steam to it. But I still wanted to work hard. I still here I am, you know, show up to work every day. Yeah. Well, you were ready to go back. Obviously, you guys were doing a tag team run. Uh, AC couldn't go back, and then AC got better. And I don't think it was long after that, though, that he asked for his release. Yeah. Uh, he left Impact. So now you're left in limbo. You're still there, but your partner is gone. Uh, what did you think then? Well, I had gotten a call from the office that, that AC had. You know, I knew that he had asked for his release before it, like, broke, you know, to the public or whatnot. And, you know, I, I guess they were just seeing where I was standing, you know, whatever. And, and I was like, look here, man, I, I, I'm i here. <laughs> I 100% want to be at Impact Wrestling. I love it. I, and I mean that. I, I love the environment. I love the people there. Uh, I want to be here. You know, I, I'm working hard. And I kept saying, hey, man, wait till you see. Wait till you see. And, 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 and you know, I've, I've been killing. I, I was proud of myself for that aspect, but very disappointed on the front that, you know, I can't come to work, work, you know, I, I could work the indies, but like, I wanted to go to work, work. And, and it just felt like it kept getting nose and nose and nose. Yeah. Well, that last match, the one we talked about where you guys went over on Swinger and Hernandez and you had that big moment that was all the way back on May 20th. Right. And I believe that you don't return to TV until November of that year. So that was there in the wrestle house set. The yeah. House yeah. Two. They brought you back and, you know, inexplicably, 
uh, it was a, the Thanksgiving episode, and they dedicated the entire episode. It wasn't their regular wrestling show. Their entire block was Wrestle House 2. Right. We talked about that we would get to season two. This is season two, and you had disappeared from TV, no explanation. Uh, these guys get to Wrestle House. This time now, it's a huge mansion, and I think you said that they actually used – a mansion this time as no, opposed it was, to... it was like a million dollars, like a couple million dollar probably mansion. Yeah, like, as like opposed to a set. It was an Airbnb that you could rent. Yeah. And, man, I'm telling you, it was nice. Probably one of the nicest place I've ever been in. Yeah, these uh, here you, you... The last thing we see is you splashing down, getting a win, you disappear, and they open a bedroom door. Who owns this house? And Yeah. Lo and, Lo and behold. behold, there it is. Lawrence <laughs> yeah. D is back. Right, yeah. Tell us about it. Man, that was fun. I always enjoyed Russell House, as you know. Uh, and, and and knowing that, like, uh, I, that's my house. It's, you know, to me, I feel like now we got some creative around Lawrence D here, so I start to feel real good about, like, well, maybe maybe Lawrence D is the direction for Larry D, you know, that that keeps me around. And, and I felt good because, you know, AC's gone. I felt like there's a, there's a creative opportunity there. Uh, I was, I was you know, second time around doing the character. I was a little more comfortable this time. I understood it better this time. Uh, I felt like we could have done something with it. Yeah, I mean, if, if at any point there was a time for a, a relaunch, yeah. a restart, a revigor for your career there in Impact Wrestling, uh, you know, like we talked about, when you first get signed, not I'm not talking about you in general, but most people, it's like, man, they see themselves as that heavyweight yeah. champion, or they see themselves in that big singles main event run. Most people don't look. Uh, at like, hey, I'm gonna be putting a tag team unless they go in as a tag team. Right. You there, you are. The tag team runs out of the way. You don't have to worry about you know if, if your partner for whatever reason isn't carrying their end or if anything is going on or they don't see something for the tag team. It's all on you. Right. You're either going to succeed on your own or you're going to fail on your own. And here's an opportunity that they can run with Lawrence D or figure out a way to get Larry D back on TV. Whatever it is, this is their best opportunity to get the best out of you. I agree. And I was ready. I worked I worked hard enough. I felt like I dedicated enough. And, like, I like there's like, okay, now. Now I'm going to get to run a little bit. Now they're going to get I, – I had a feeling like I know they're going to give me – you know, I was excited. I, I, it's, it, I'd been away. I had eight months, you know, in regards to that, you know. And, and going back, it was just a disappointment, you know, you know, no offense, it was just disappointment. Yeah. Tell us about any of your memories of filming that Wrestle House and maybe, you know, that's your first time back and here's people seeing you and it's like, yes, Larry D's back. Yeah. Or, or maybe that wasn't their reaction. Well, I don't know. Was, well, how was well, people I feeling seeing was, you back? I think it was more so when, when Wrestle House aired, it was really cool. Like, oh, there's Lawrence D. Yes, you know, yes, that's awesome. And then, you know, I got I got to work with Johnny Swinger there at the end of Wrestle House Two. We had a little match there at the was it what's the arena there? D'Lo taught at FGW or something. I'm not sure. Anyway, uh, that you know that's where we taped all of those sets. Was was there and, and Swinger and I had built up Lawrence D versus Johnny Swinger and he did the powder and all that junk. If you've not seen it, go back and watch it. Um, and then, and then coming out of there, I knew I was coming back two weeks later to Vegas. So they flew me to Vegas like twice in two weeks. And then, you know, I, I flew out early, taped Russell House, flew back home, uh, was home a few days, flew back to Vegas for two days tapings. 
Yeah, this is where I would I would think I've gotten to my notes. I feel like this is where the bad point is yeah. very much starting to hit because November twenty first they fly you in and uh, you know I'm not sure if they told you this or if you just thought this where it's like all right here we go this is it Larry D the relaunch yeah. Lawrence D the re- whatever it is they tell you like here it is we got you back and well, we're starting. Here's the thing is like I was so like unsure because. It was Larry D relaunch is what I was told. So I went out and got new Larry D gear. And then me just thinking in general of like, well, you know, the last they had seen me on television, I was Lawrence D. So just me being me was like, I better get some Lawrence D gear made as well, just in case. And so I went and had Zodi make two sets of gear, one for Larry D, one for Lawrence D. Because, again, I wasn't sure. I didn't get creative. I wasn't even getting... I wasn't even getting the creative emails anymore towards the end. It was just I was showing up just like another extra hand, and they were just telling me what I was doing that day. You know, when I first got there, I was getting all the creative emails. I was I knew exactly what I was doing, right? And I could, you know, whatever, but not this rip. Yeah, and here you go back, and you're thinking, here we're going, we're off to the races. Uh, people online, when you did the Wrestle House, they were so excited to see you back, and there was so much positivity and sentiment from the fans. And you know, uh, we definitely thank those people that oh, yeah, go man. out there and support you. I know that that you love your fans, and you love to see them excited about what you're excited about doing. And so you go back. And they've just got you in a uh, promo segment with Rohit Raju. Um, but you said, you, you know, you get there and there's one set of music playing and there's well, one Titantron yeah. playing. They well, don't know what's going on. I get there and, 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 and you know, I, I see, you know, you, you get there at call times, you, as you could tell. You know, you, you have a lot of time to sit there. So usually they'll go through the audio, they'll go through the video and things, and you'll see, you know, your, your Tron pop up, right? They're just running it through to check. So I seen Larry D pop up. I was like, okay, so I'm Larry D tonight. And I put my Larry D gear on and, you know, it looks good. Everything's good. Walks through. And then one of the one of the writers come in and is like, you got Larry. Because I was showing, like, Lawrence D gear to whoever it was next to me. Like, hey, check this out. And um, he walked away. He's like, is that Lawrence D gear? And I was like, yeah, I didn't know if I was Lawrence D or if I was Larry D. So I always come prepared. And he was like, oh, no, 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 no. Switch. You got to, you got to, got to dress as Lawrence today. He's like, uh, no offense to Larry D, but I can write for Lawrence D. I can write for Lawrence D. So I was like, fuck yeah. I, I switched very happily right there. And it just was, yeah, this, it was just not, I wish, I wish if that, I would have had a Lawrence D, you know, I, I thought they'll have Lawrence D music, Lawrence D Tron. I didn't know, you know, I didn't know that I was going to go to the ring and there'd be this hard hitting fucking brawler type music, you know, bruiser type music to the ring yeah, and Larry D they, Tron and yeah. I'm Lawrence D spraying fucking cologne on me. Yeah. You know? Didn't you say that they like, they played the triple XL music, well, yeah. but then they dubbed over yeah, it on television. I guess they dubbed over this like soft tone Lawrence D but man like the most <laughs> the most disheartening part is like when I hit the curtain as Lauren as Larry D whenever the music hit Larry the Larry D Tron yeah, so they the see the Tron they see the music and they're you like can Larry hear, D's back like you can hear that set of people that set of audience on the on the ramp side right you can hear them oh fuck Larry D <sighs> you know and then and then when when I hit the the fucking stage it was like 
what the fuck? Like, that's what yeah. I heard. Like, what the fuck? Well, you always get that reaction. You always get that connection to where maybe not right at first, but before yeah. the match is over, before your creative is over, it, wherever you go, you get those people either Larry D, Larry D, right. Larry, or Larry fucking D, right. Larry fucking D, or sign Larry D, right. sign Larry D. And so there it is. You see that you could get that. And you come out and like he's wet fart in church. Oh man, it was. It was. It was really, really, really bad. Like I, I was obviously trying to give my all, but man, it's 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 very hard on the on the mental when you you know it's like these they're shitting on this. You know, I mean, we had a fine Rohit and I had a fine little two minute spot or whatever. But man, there's just so much like not not tapped into yeah. as you, far as you impact. Had, you had sent home for how many months? Probably six. How long was the flight? Uh, four and a half. Okay, so six months, four and a half hour flight. How long was your segment? Probably, uh, I had a two minute segment and then a, and a minute and a half uh, promo backstage. And that right there tells you this case. somebody, <laughs> somebody, somebody there was like, yeah, you know what, this man? <laughs> Relaun- relaunch this. Yeah. Relaunch yeah, man. this, man. You're under contract. Be grateful. Yeah. yeah. That, and I think that's what it was. Is like it's like I'm, I was very happy to be under contract. I was very happy, but like not towards the end. I was very fucking I was mad. I'm yeah. not going to lie. I mean, here it is. I'm not going to lie about it. And the whole you thing know? ended like you went out there for this segment, and the segment itself didn't even matter because the end of it was just both just, of you guys or what maybe just row heat again, getting attacked and what was it? Josh Alexander? Yeah, well, it could have easily been just any old fucking extra there that they paid 100 bucks to or whatever to do it. I don't know what those guys make, but but you know, again, I'm happy I got to see Las Vegas. But I want more than just being, man, I got to see Las Vegas and I got to go out there for 120 seconds, you know, 180 seconds, whatever the fuck it was. Yeah, another example of written in, not written right for. for man. Yeah. Is they said blank interviews Rohit. Rohit gets attacked. No. It's like, well, does it matter who who does the interview? They could have had Gia Miller. Anybody. They could have had Anybody, yeah. uh, Josh Matthews, yeah. anybody could have held that microphone. If anything, they were just tired of you calling, saying, "Hey, I'm hungry, I'm ready." Yeah. It's like, all right, I wouldn't even call, and I was just like, "Am I on?" No, okay, yeah, that's <laughs> you it. know. You know, I, at that point, I, I told my wife, and I even told you, I was like, "I'm not even going to fucking call them." Yeah, I'm not even going to call them. And then, then finally, I got a call. You know, we'll, we'll let you know, and and here we go. You know. And I remember, I remember when I asked for my release, it was right there. I, I held the phone up, and I was like, I'm either getting fired or I'm asking for my release. Yeah, because so many times you're like, not on, not on, not on, nothing. At that, that time, nothing. it's like you got to pick yourself up a little bit. And you're like, I had to stop being that guy that's just okay being signed and start being that guy that's like, motherfucker, you know. You know. What kind of, what kind of man – his claims to, you know, be signed and he's sitting here wrestling the indies, you know, while everybody else is out there. I'm not I'm not gonna do that. I'm if anything, I'm gonna show my son like you fucking work hard and you do your very best, but it's okay to move on to, you know, betterment for you. Not not maybe not financially or whatever, but mentally, mentally I had to get that weight off my shoulders because I knew I knew and I still know one thousand percent that I can go with anybody on that roster and I can have just as good a match as anybody with anybody. So I can't sit back and watch everyone else do what they do and, and, and be there while I'm there 
but not there. And it's it's just it's not worth it. And my my son showing my kids that that you know you can you you don't have to take shit. You know, no offense to nobody, but you you you're better than what's given to you. So just show them. You know, get out, get out of the situation. Yeah. And one of the uh, last appearances you had there that we didn't even talk about. Tell us a little bit about Badlands Bart. Badlands Bart was actually pretty fun. Uh, it was a it was an IPWF there with uh, I guess they do it every year. It's more of like a like a comedy, you know, like eighties retro show that they put on. Yeah, for anybody that doesn't know, it's it's Impact Wrestling, but they do their own like spoof show, comedy show that's supposed to be set in the eighties. Everybody does like an over the top eighties type gimmick. And uh, obviously, they brought you in to be Badlands. Bart. Badlands Barton. He was like, a, he was he was a biker from the year to like two thousand fifty or something like that. And you know, it just it, it like just have fun with it. And and I got there and they had me in a bull rope match, like old Kentucky bull rope match with Jake something. But I can't remember what his character was that night. Yeah, I can't remember and, either. But man, it was awesome. <laughs> fun time, great I night to just. You know, not take things seriously, no. and for like two hours, just sit there and laugh at everything. Yeah. You've got like building the evil construction worker. Uh, you've got Chad too bad yeah. doing an over the top eighties <laughs> gimmick. Uh, obviously, uh, Luke Gallows is there doing his shtick, and uh, a really good time. Willie Mack, uh, almost everybody on the roster there doing some sort of huge. Over the top eighties, but it was st- even though excuse to have a good time. Even though it was, even though it was fun, it was still business as usual, you know. And and I remember D'Lo Brown was our agent, and, and we was going over, and I found out that it was a bull rope match, and he looked at me, and I was like, "Oh, this is fucking great!" I was like, "I've been doing shitty bull rope matches in Kentucky for twenty years, you know," and just had a good little laugh out of it, and we we came up with a decent little finish, and it was good. I fe- I actually felt good going out of that of like, "Hey, boys." I'm still here. I can still work. You know, the crowd was invested. They were involved. Go back and watch it. You know, I had a hell of a time. You were giving them so many options. I mean, you had Larry D. You had Lawrence D. You've got Badlands Bart. You were willing to do anything they asked, and still it wasn't enough. I never thought that I would have, like, I would have as many characters that I've done because I've always been just Larry D., you know. You've definitely become a character-driven wrestler. Yeah, of course. You can do anything that's asked of you. Right. Very versatile. And and it's fun. It it, it shows – I think it shows my worth now that I know what I can do. So it's it's just where I'm at to where I know what I bring to the table. I just want to be able to – sit down at the chair, whether it's Impact, AEW, WWE, fucking, you know, NWA, MLW, wherever. Just let me sit at the table. I'll show you. I'll show you. You know, I can hold my That's it. And now you have that opportunity because, you know, clean slate, you've left Impact Wrestling. Everybody knows uh, they didn't, you know, release you. You didn't get fired. You asked to leave for the betterment of Larry D. Oh yeah, I mean, I, I feel like it was it, it was completely mutual. Like you know, it's like uh, I think I've said it a couple times. Like people search for me to like bad mouth or like fuck those guys kind of thing, and it, I can't do that, man. It's changed my life. It's blessed me. You know, I, I can't I can't sit here and say that that my impact time was fucking miserable. It wasn't. It just was not fun at the end, and I needed to make a decision for me and my family, my mental health more than any. Yeah, we're five chapters in, so five episodes into 
the story that starts from a, you know, a young guy who finally gets everything that he wants. Then he realizes, okay, this, this isn't that, that dream. This is the reality. This is not, not everything I thought it was going to be, but here's what it is. And you know, we, we went through all that. We got to the, the middle ground, every bit of the story. And today the end of the road. And it seems like you left better than you went in and no regrets. No, I have zero regrets. I mean, if, if, if I'm still off TV that way and I, and I'm, I'm mentally feeling the way that I feel, then yeah, I would, I would make the decision all over again. Uh, if if I were to be offered a contract, I, I would definitely make sure that that I had a hundred percent confirmation, you know, on certain dates because of per appearance, man. You know, I still got to eat. You know, there was times that that you know that money was needed. I'm not I'm not as blessed as a as a Chad Allegra. I'm not as financially set as some of those other guys down there, and like. I depend on that loop money far more than than maybe they did, and and like you know it, it made me hustle that much more, but it made me stronger. You know, I, I we did not eat. You know, uh, it made me push through and, and swallow my fucking pride. You know, I, if I needed to wrestle in a fucking uh, open field uh, to make my kids money to to, to fucking pay them bills, you bet you got dang right I am. You know, hell yeah, and to pay those bills, <laughs> we got to hit those sponsors. Yes, so we'll be right back after this. Hey, I'm Ryan the Lion. If you want to check out me and my music and my new podcast, Nick's Mayhem Music Review, go to Skullface Records. Such a great story, and I'm glad that we're able to share it with so many people. Don't forget, like, share, subscribe, hit that bell icon so you never miss an episode. You you were gone. You left Impact Wrestling, but it wasn't the end of the road for you and all Impact Wrestling. No, no, so, I feel like we done business right. Man. Yeah, I they feel... they came to to back to the Louisville area. Yeah, uh, you get a phone call. Tell us how that phone call. Yeah, went. man, is it, it wouldn't but like three weeks after. You know, I had gotten my release and asked for it, and then maybe three, four weeks after, I get a text from Mr. Tommy Dreamer, and he asked if I was available on that Sunday, the last day of their loop down there in Louisville, and I got the chance to go down there, and to me, it was redemption. Like you know, uh, that I felt like they 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 knew they knew that I wanted to be there, but they understood why I left. And the opportunity came, and I, I feel like it. To me, it's it's great. It's still, I still, I feel like they're the business is still there. I feel like I could still go work with Impact Wrestling if the opportunity were to come. Yeah, a match aired on March sixth, uh, where you faced Boo Pender. Yeah. Uh, obviously, the week before that, uh, obviously you filmed it all at one time. But the week before that, you had showed up back at Impact. Yeah. You're like, hey, I was. I'm <laughs> not contracted. You laid the fist across someone's face, and yeah. there you are, Larry D. Back in Impact I had, Land. One I had more the most night. the most creative I had had in a year was was on my un when I was not signed under contract to Impact Wrestling. Right there was a perfect example of what they could have done with you uh anytime you ever told me like hey uh you know they they say they they couldn't write for larry d it's like how hard is it you take that right hand and you put it upside 
anybody's face, and right there, we're off to the races. It doesn't matter if it's Josh Alexander. It doesn't matter if it's Boo Pender. It doesn't matter who it is on that show. Your right hand hits them in the face, and they've got a reason to come back Man, and look for more. I mean, I honestly feel like I have the best right hand in pro wrestling. I've just not been able to show the world. I really believe in it. You know, and, and it's again, it writes itself. Either side of the fence, it writes itself. You know, I'm always one punch away. You know, I'm that guy that they never would think, but I'm always that rugged, tough. I'm one punch away. All it takes is one punch. You That's know, it. it's like a modern day, like it's it's not verbatim Dusty Rhodes, right. but here you are. You're this guy from a small town. You're born in Georgetown. You just go right up the street to Cynthia. And it's another small town, and there you got your wife, you got your kids, and you know you got to hustle. You got to bet on yourself. You got to work hard every day. And the thing is, it's that you you make your living fighting. That's and it. My guy. When that right hand lands, you're one step away, one punch away from getting to the top and making right for that family to uh, do your dad right, to do your wife right, to do your kids right, to do America right, baby. I love it. I tell you, I'm I on fire it, just talking about it. I'm gonna need you. I'm gonna need you to get a job down at one of these places <laughs> and write that shit. Hey man, I tell you, the thing is, it writes itself. It does, and it was so good because. Uh, you went in, you laid that right hand across, it set up a match people were excited to see. They were excited to see Larry D back, and you know they they got this rub going behind uh, Boo Pender. Talk about going in there and uh, you know filming that vignette, filming that interview, and then also another part of the story is is you know people always think about the wrestling end. I think you showed on that day, on that occasion, that. You are such a good behind-the-scenes hand that you could give that rub and give that knowledge to a guy on any level and help to bring them up because you know this is a guy that they're getting behind, but he he's very green, he's oh, very yeah. new. He also has the uh, you know the language barrier, and he he's just trying to fit in here and not just fit in here, but also get that rub, deserve that rub, and do right by what Impact wants yeah. to do. And here you are coming in very unselfishly, helping this guy get to where he wants to be. And uh, that's the story of Larry D, I think. Man, I think that's what we're supposed to do. It's like, look at the opportunity these guys. This guy's in his what, early 20s, probably. I don't know. I would Not guess. Very young. Lots of potential if they can just harness it and get something out of him. And this, I felt you like know, I you felt, may have got his best match out I of think him. I think I would like to I would like to go back and watch his matches and, and, and look. But I felt really good about it. You know, he didn't know who I was. You know, I didn't know who he was. And, and you know, going back in there was nervous, though. You know, it was like, how are they going to look at me? What are they going to say? Like, are they going to look at me as that old desperate, you know, hand, you know, that wants back in? Or how? what is it? And it was nothing like that. It was completely – it was like I never asked for my release. It was just another day at work, and everyone was happy to see me. And, you know, everything was great. And, and I mean, I'm one that, like, I just sit there. I don't really mingle, like, as far as I'll go around to shake hands, you know. But, you know, it, it, you've seen it. They're, they're, we just sit there. When we just just wait. And, and, you know, I finally met him. And I think he didn't I, he didn't know that I'd been there before. He didn't, the history had no idea who I was. And, like, he had all these ideas that were just, you know, the guys just knew. And, and, and it was like, whoa. I'm sitting thinking in my head, like, we're not doing none of We ain't doing no, brother. We ain't doing that, you know. Uh, but but once we, you know, I let him get it out, and and, and I was like, like you like you mentioned, the, the language barrier was, was tough. 
Um, I let him get it out, and then I tried to, you know, shot some ideas, and it was. I think he probably felt like I'm the TV guy here. You're just here to make, you know, you're here to take the pin. I think he probably didn't think that maybe I was as good of a hand as I was or whatever. Now you know what we say. You're going to learn today. <laughs> you're going to learn today. And um, Tommy Dreamer, you know, bless him. I, you know, he's, I love, you know, you remind me a lot of him because you're right direct, you know, and you, you're, you're joke, you joke, but you get to the point and, you know, you're just the way it is. And, you know, he came up and, uh, he was like, Boopender, uh, this is Larry D. He's here to uh, make you look good. He's like, you tell him uh, what you want, what moves you have, and you listen to him. You don't say nothing. He's the veteran here. He's here to make you look good on TV. He said, you guys get your match together and come back to me, and you know, I trust fully in what he can do. Something along those lines. And I felt like, you know, from that point forward, it went from like, we'll do this, and I need you to do that, to yes, sir, yes, sir, okay, yes, sir can I do this here, you know? And, 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 like, to me, I got to take the guy that that was was there, but he didn't – he had some tools. He just didn't know how to use them. And, and it was my job to make sure it's like, no, this tool goes here. No, we need to put this boat here, you know, to make it really a good functioning, you know, being, you know, good match. And, and, and I felt like we got the very best out of it. I was very impressed with it, you know, really was. What – uh what did you take away from that uh, experience and is there future business there for uh, impact wrestling? I would like to think that to me, yes, I feel like there's future business there uh, as far as being in ring talent. But I think the bigger thing I would like to think is that they can see what I can do, you know, putting, what if I, what if I had took boop Hinder and someone similar, my size, much younger, and like let them come together and make some magic on television. You know, like to me, I feel like that's my spot in wrestling is like helping these young guys put it together and make it make sense and go at the very best and make sure that they're hitting their hard games, make sure that they're hitting their times, make sure they're not doing something silly that they shouldn't do. Like, you know, I'm 38 years old, man. I've got plenty of gas left in the tank, but gosh, I love seeing the up and coming guys like that, that have so much potential, but they just can't quite put it together. It's awesome to hear. And, you know, I've always said that you're so good with like direction and taking what you've learned from an impact wrestling and applying it to the local scene, especially with our kids at Legends Pro Wrestling Academy and at Generation Next Pro Wrestling. Um, you know, we talked about how you literally directed a cinematic match and put yeah. it together in pieces to where when it flowed, it flowed perfectly. Plus, you're able to tell them what you've learned and what you've picked up, and it's helped so many people but what I think you're very, very, very best at, and I tell everybody this, is that you can tell a big man how to be a big man, yeah. how to work like a big man. And because some people don't value their size and they don't protect their bumps and they don't protect their size. And I feel like you're the guy that can get them in those positions because you've been in those positions. Oh, of course. My, my whole career I've been in those positions. And, and just knowing like the knowledge that I've gained now and seeing you – we work guys like Brandon Taggart, you know, guys like Majors, you know, even up on the next levels. I've, I've helped guys, you know, they've shot ideas off of me. Well, what if you try this? You know, it's like I know how to get a big guy to be a big guy. 
you know, I know how to get them to a little match. I know, I know that I can take a guy that's, that's five years and under that has a little bit of uh, potential and I can take him and lead him around pretty good and make him look good. You know, it, it doesn't have to be a guy. It could be, you know, young, old. I just feel very confident in my capabilities, you know, in the ring or, you know, backstage helping out, putting matches together, being a match agent or something along those lines. Yeah. And now we know you, you're out of impact wrestling. That ends the making an impact. So I know the answer. I think you know the answer, but just to get it out there, we've called it making an impact. Did you make your impact, not just on impact wrestling, but on the sport of professional wrestling? I feel like I did. I feel like uh, I've, I've made my impact through impact. I feel like, uh, again, it's, it's, it's opened so much doors for me that I don't see no turning back. You know, it's like we talk all the time about pushing yourself and, like, working for yourself and just being independent. And, like, without, without impact wrestling, I wouldn't have had all that. You know, I feel like I made an impact, uh, you know, on the people that follow me and support me now that never have. I feel like the biggest impact that, I, that I've made is by far with my family, you know, and, and my son and, and 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 my girls. They 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 understand the hustle of hard work and they understand the value of a dollar. You know, they understand business. They understand like what we go through. They see it, you know, and and it's 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 a tough lesson. And and I think it's what I've gone through with this and and making it here and still being independent as a family. I feel like this right here has made my children grow into better adults when it's their time to support their families. And they'll they'll remember this. I feel like they'll remember the time that, you know, whenever they might have their own project going as an adult, they'll remember the times that it was tough on dad, you know, when he was disappointed in his television contract and he's made it so far just to, you know, not feel like he's kind of made it all the way. And then they remember, they'll remember us flourishing. They'll remember us opening several businesses. They'll remember us helping people out. They'll remember us helping young wrestlers out and them. They'll just remember good in general for mere fact that I got offered a life changing opportunity, even though that life changing opportunity didn't quite go the way that I seen it. It's still life changing. I've got so much to be blessed for right here today. Yeah, and the thing is, is it the road's not over, Larry? Not at D, all. Like this is not the last episode of the podcast. Obviously, it's the last part of the Making an Impact series. But there'll be an episode six, seven, eight, nine. We we'll keep go rolling, on. baby. There's so many Choo-choo. stories. Yes, sir. that's it. And because you've done so much, you've talked about. You've left Impact Wrestling. The slate is clean. You're your own boss. You're yeah. back to just betting on yourself and working hard and hustling. We know that you've opened a bar. We know that you've got Legends Pro Wrestling Academy over on Hingston, still accepting new students. We have a pro wrestling camp coming up that we'll talk about. So many things. We run Generation Next Pro Wrestling. You're still taking independent wrestling dates, going all around the world. And on top of that, you wrestled Tim Storm over on NWA Power for the NWA. Talk about what it means to have been a part of the NWA, and uh, is there any potential to seeing a future with the NWA, or is that just a stepping stone well, to so much more? You know, I feel like I got in there with Tim Storm and, and showed the NWA what Larry D is capable of in five minutes. I got to show the NWA what I'm capable of. In five minutes, I went out there with a former world champion, and we had a hell of a match. If anything, that shows the world, like, Larry D's ready. It doesn't matter if it's at Impact. It doesn't matter if it's NWA. It doesn't matter if it's anywhere. 
Larry D's always ready. And I feel given the proper time, given the proper opportunity, I can show the world that I still am here. You know, I'm still here. Whatever how the fuck you want to put it, I'm still here. I can still go with the best of them, and I think I continue to prove it. I just line them up. Let me show you. That's it. So many people say, hey, what's next for Larry D? Or who's next for Larry D? Or who's Larry's dream opponent? I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. Like, being down there at the NWA, I'll tell you what. What man, I, that 10 pounds of goat sounds real good. You know, it's like I know that I can get in there and go with a former champion. I was only a few seconds away from proving that I could beat him. So, you know, 10 pounds of goat sounds real good around Larry D's waist. You That's know? it. And we know that right now, Trevor Murdoch. Uh, is the NWA heavyweight champion yeah. uh, coming up at hard times three. He will defend that title against a man who was never defeated for the NWA championship, and that was always ready, Matt Cardona. You know what? I mean, I thought you were the guy that was always ready. Well, I am always ready. I promise you that. Hey, that's really exciting to hear. Let's go to some commercial breaks. We'll come back. We'll wrap this up with some plugs and ask Larry Anything. Oh, get them questions ready now. We'll be right back. What's going on, guys? Thanks for tuning in to Skullface Records Radio. You guys want to help and maybe own some of your own Skullface Records merch? Dude, we got mad CDs for $10 a piece. CDs like the Next to Nothing, Valenian Split, Brian Himes' 2020 release with Skullface Records, my newest release, Nick Nasty, Ryan the Lion, uh, the Kentucky's Underground, the Kentucky's Underground um, comp series, one through six, those are available right now, $10 shipped straight to your door, Swamp Ashy, One Part Madness, Anonymous, Cannibalistic, Death Cult, also, at Skullface Records, we have a whole bunch of cool shirts that are going to be available for $15 shipped. Now, we had a lot of overstock, so the custom colors might not be exactly what you want, but they're $15 shipped right now. Hit me up on Facebook or at nickhimes at gmail.com to make your orders now. Also, through Lord Thaddeus, we have some patches, we have some stickers available. Like I said, just hit me up on Facebook or at nickhimes at gmail.com. That's N-I-C- H-I-M-E-S at gmail.com to make your orders now. Don't forget also to check out all of our shows, our programming, our new music releases, our podcast shows. You can see all that on our YouTube page, all over Facebook. Check out our Skullface Records Bandcamp at skullfacerecords.bandcamp for all of our new music releases. You can download, get the digital side of Skullface Records through our Bandcamp. Thanks. This is Nick Nasty, and thanks for tuning in to Skullface Records Radio. All right, we're back. And, you know, like I said, we were going to get a couple plugs in real quick. We talked about the uh, school. We, we obviously do. We plug it every single week, and that's Legends Pro Wrestling Academy. Uh, we're training professional wrestlers. If you have a dream, whether you're a manager, 
uh, whether you're a wrestler, whether you're a beginner, whether you've been in the business a while and you're seasoned, but you just want to learn a few more tricks, come on over to Legends Pro Wrestling Academy and we'll help you make your dreams a reality. Uh, go ahead and let them know about you know the tuition, the full yeah, address, right now, uh, whatever they need to know. You can come join us it's each and every Sunday over there at 101 Hingston in Cynthiana, Kentucky. Uh, you can find us online. Go to the Legends Pro Wrestling Academy. Uh, give us a like. Give us a share. Uh, you can also email us at the academy at legendsprowrestlingacademy at gmail.com. Uh, you can always reach out to myself or you, uh, and we'll gladly direct you in the right uh, direction to get your dream started. Uh, as far as the tuition goes, man, it's $300 down, $100 a month. Uh, it's it's very simple, very easy, and, and you come and drop the best knowledge, and you get you get the the very best effort. I mean, look at the classes we've been having, man. I, I mean, these are the best classes I feel that we've had in years. There's some hungry kids. Like we, I think we started and we had eight back after we had uh, you know started the new semester, and uh, we you know we had closed for a minute uh, just for a couple of weeks to get everybody's uh, head back on track, and we started the new semester back with like eight. I think we've got like 10 We're or 12 growing. now. Yeah. I mean, we just had a new kid start this week. I think another one's starting next week. Yep. I'd like to have that be an every week thing that I see a new hungry face. And I'm so excited for the potential that we see over at Legends Pro Wrestling nothing, Academy. There's nothing like teaching pro wrestling. Like I love, I love to be in the ring. You've seen it. Like I remember you went to that show. He's like, man, you know, I've been drunk with you and we've been around, but ain't nothing like when you're in that ring, right? He's like, there's no drug like no other when you're in that ring. You know, I love and it's it. it's the fact, and it's you want to share that with everyone else because I was the same child that that watched pro wrestling growing up. I was the same child that would cry for my mom to order the pay per views when we didn't have enough money. You know, and 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 when I got the opportunity to to live it myself, man. It's it's just amazing, and it's such a feeling that you want to share with those that are like minded, and you want to help them succeed to their very best potential. I love seeing when the light switch flips on, and they just get it. We see so many people come in there, and you know, you might take two steps forward and one step back, but eventually, you're going to be where you want to be if you're willing to work hard enough to get that uh, goal and achieve it and make your dream a reality. And I, I love to be able to help people do that. Uh, me and you go around, and uh, we've been to Washington. We've been to Indiana. We've been all over the place doing these pro wrestling seminars where we go and, you know, promoter can, uh, you know, message us and figure out how to work out a deal to where we come in and for a day we sit there with their kids, their students, whoever it is, and we offer them the ability to learn from us, learn from our experiences. And so fun to do that. But what I love even more is that every year we hold a pro wrestling camp, a Legends Pro Wrestling Academy uh, weekend camp. And we've got that coming up, and it's a chance for people to come in that you may not be able to come every single week, but at least once a year for a weekend, you can come in and we can give you every bit of knowledge yeah. that we have and help you step your game up. Uh, I'm very proud of a guy that I saw this past week. Uh, I was down at the NWA tapings, and I saw Leo Fox. Yeah. And Leo Fox is a guy that uh, had been to war and he had been through so much hardship and he had came to our pro wrestling camp and he wanted to be a cocky heel and didn't quite know exactly what he needed to do, what steps he needed to take to make it. And he was just painting by numbers. And we took that guy and, uh, you know, I personally sit there and trained with him and said, uh, 
hey man, like this this cocky heel, it's not connecting with me. We do you know promo classes, in ring classes. We teach you everything you need to know from psychology. If you want to learn it, we'll teach it. And this guy, he had such an interesting story. He had he had survived war and he had come back, and uh, addiction had kicked his ass four times. And uh, here this guy is. He had been in and out of rehab, and his life was on the on the downside. And I said, man, there's your story. There's your thing. Have you survived all of this? And he would send me promos every single month. And they would they would start they started off and they weren't that great. And then they were a little better and a little better and a little better until now. This guy works for Control Your Narrative. This guy's a he appeared on the NWA pay-per-view. He was at the NWA tapings and wow, the future could be limitless for this guy. He has so much potential that is yet to be unlocked, and I'm just glad to be a small part of that. I know you're a proud, you taught him how to work like a big man, and so much we have to offer at Legends Pro Wrestling Academy, and especially at our camp. Give them some information about the camp. Uh, the camp is $100, and it's on Friday and Saturday. I think it's, what, the 19th and the 20th of yes. November. Uh, you can go ahead and reserve those spots now. There's only 20 limited spots on that. Yeah, and I think there's people already jumping yes, on those spots, are. so it's actually less than 20 there's now. less than 20 now. I would now, act yeah. now. Yeah, I would definitely, if you're interested, I would definitely secure that spot now. Uh, and, and it's just a good time, man. We, we get up in the mornings, and we, we, we train wrestling all day till afternoon, and you know, now I've got a place to host Friday and Saturday night if they want to come relax and have a good time. And, you know, we still get everything uh, what we need to be and, and, and create great pro wrestlers from around the country and show them not only, you know, the wrestling moves, but talk about life in general. I feel like that they leave not not better wrestlers. They leave better people. You know, and, and and just we show them hospitality, we show them courtesy, and, and we show them honesty, which is hard to find. Yeah, we're we're really trying to help you be your best you, no yeah. matter who that you is. One hundred percent. And just leaving wrestling better than we found it. Uh, something exciting about this year's camp that we've never done is that Saturday night we are going to host a live event. I don't know if we'll have it called a bar brawl. No, it or won't not, be a bar. Yeah, but it definitely will be a showcase. It's like a camp showcase. Yeah, yeah. And it's so exciting. We'll put it on right there in the bar. You'll be in front of a live crowd. We'll uh, we'll charge people to get in. It'll be a great time. Hopefully, people will come in. They'll enjoy the show. They'll get some drinks, and you'll get a chance to show them some of what we. have have taught you Uh, it doesn't matter if we're teaching you from scratch or if we're knocking the rust off or if we're just polishing out the edges if you truly want to be your best you come to legends pro wrestling academy i mean what do you have to lose you want quit talking about ands ifs and buts i'll tell you what you have to lose i'll tell you what you have to lose anxiety depression obesity you know, I mean, everything, mental health issues. It, it's so good. Everyone thinks it's just pro wrestling. It's far beyond pro wrestling there with us. At least I know for, I don't have to think. I know for a fact that we teach better people. Pro wrestling secondary. We teach better people over there. Hey, I'm so excited about what we have to offer there. And, you know, speaking of uh, what we have to offer, we don't want to forget that we've got two huge bar brawls coming up. Uh, It's going to be the first time that we have ever done a two-night bar brawl. Uh, So September 30th, the guys are coming out. It's that Friday night, and we've got a huge card lined up there. 
And then you turn around October 1st, the very next night, and it is the first ever ladies' night bar brawl, all women. I mean, I'm really excited about how this is going to turn out. What do you think? Man, I can't wait to see how it's going to be. I'm excited for our first two nights uh, back-to-backs. And, and, you know, one thing, too, is, like, there's an arm wrestling tournament after that first night. Like, that night they're getting in there and they're fucking going. You know, that's a part of the after-party entertainment as well. And, and we get to watch all the matches on Friday with all the guys, turn around Saturday and see all them little ladies come out there, and they're going to start throwing around. And it's going to be something I'm really excited for. Yeah, the cool thing is, is like the bar opens at 4 o'clock. Yes. You get in there, you can pregame, you can do whatever you got to do. Here comes the wrestling. You see some of the best westling in the entire state of Kentucky. I would be willing to say some of the best pro wrestling anywhere. I would it agree with that. It is the next generation of professional wrestling today and then after that all the way to 1 a.m we always have that really big after party like an only generation time man everyone everyone has such a good vibe in there everyone enjoys dancing everyone enjoys just talking and just you know enjoying each other and they get an opportunity to hang out up close and personal with guys like you and i and you know nate gnarly and you know whoever else is walking around there you know they it's it's such a good vibe i mean jay money was on the stage dancing doing karaoke the first time right i mean even a guy like Franklin Bernard, right. and we all have our own personal opinions on Franklin Bernard, but, I mean, that guy there, he was having a good time at that after party. Yeah, well, how can you not, you know? I mean, look at all, all the women that walk around in there. It's Franklin, right up Franklin Bernard's alley, man. Hey, man, very exciting. Uh, tell us about any other events that may be coming up at Legends uh, Barn Events. Man, we've loaded up. I know that we've had these Sensity Lives. Man, we do live music there, and, and Skullface Records really does a great job at putting together lineups and, and, and you know some great bands come through there. We've got open mic this Friday night. Uh, you know, we know we've got a few spots filled with comedy and, and music already. Uh, we've got a live performance here Thursday uh, with Kiwan, who is a really talented artist from Georgetown area. I've known him for several years. He's a great R&B voice. He can rap. He can sing country. He does it all. Really talented. I can't wait to see him on stage again. Uh, and then Saturday, we're going to vibe and kick it, man. It's just live DJ, karaoke, just a good we party. We party hard over here. It's almost it's, like every night there's something special that you just can't miss, yeah. even if you just stop we're in. We're introducing a couple of new drinks this week. You know, I Tell let us you, about it. I'll let you try one today. It tastes just like a candy apple uh, sucker. It's so good. Not to, and that just adds on top of... Uh, what you guys got the tropical paradise yep. suicide dive? We got the China. Go over there and get that full and delicious China, yes, just sir. like she was, big and delicious. Man, you know we used to we used to be a different part of life years ago. But you remember the the concoction of rum that I would have? Oh yeah. Uh, you know now we're offering That's the, that. Oh, that. That might be called the Fat Freddy. We got a little Malibu and Milo's, baby. It's so good. I I think that you know people will love coming and they get an opportunity to to try drinks that we would drink when we are out you know that's what i'm doing is i'm not just going off of i'm trying i'm sending drinks that i would personally drink that you would drink that you know we would do and and we've had some concoctions at times and boy they're they're working man and some of the fans of this show some of the fans of pro wrestling they feel like hey man i know everything there is to know about professional wrestling so excited to have those people listening to the show but you guys are having a wrestling trivia night yes we're having a wrestling trivia the same week uh the week of the 30th of building up to bar brawl that wednesday we will have wrestling trivia 
yeah, I'm excited for that. It's going to be from 7 till 9. There's no cover. Come up there. Enjoy yourselves. Have a great time. That's it, because I know I am challenging each and every one of you out there listening. I know there's somebody out there going, I know everything there is to know about wrestling. Yeah. Come and prove it. Yeah. Come and be the champion of the Legends Bar and Events Wrestling Trivia Night. Come and show that you are the number one fan of professional wrestling. Hey, mention the podcast. That's what we're that's what we're all about. Hit that like, subscribe, share the bell icon. I'll make sure you never miss an episode. Hey, when we come back, it's Ask Larry Anything. Oh, let's do it. Some creepy guy is stalking you in the parking garage at 3 a.m., but you're not worried because you have a bright for war industries knife strapped to your belt. Don't be a victim in this crazy world. Protect yourself. Carry a knife made by bright for war industries. It may save your life. Hi, this is Josh for Bright for War Industries. I'm a professional knife maker with 15 years experience. If you're looking for a unique gift or a high-performance piece of cutlery for the kitchen, the field, or for personal protection, look no further. Look for me on Instagram at Bright for War. All right, we're back. And, you know, for the first time ever, you're streaming here as we yeah. go along. Uh, go ahead and hit up your social medias and let them know where they can watch it. Yeah, you it. can watch it on TikTok. Find me at Larry D nineteen eighty four, baby. Uh, I think it's something that we could do. That's you know, I think it's a little different vibe. I wanted to try it out today. It's cool. We got some people watching, and then they yeah. do, yeah. And we're you know we're available on YouTube. You can catch us our, our Facebook page. We always keep people updated. And Spotify. That's it. Spotify. The numbers are going through the roof. We're getting so many people that just love me, Max, and Mike, and we love each and every one of you because we can't do this without each and every one of you. And as much as we have fun sitting here uh, shooting the stuff back and forth between one another and telling these stories, it doesn't matter if you people aren't listening, sharing, subscribing. So if you're enjoying it, we'll keep on going, and we're gonna get on to these questions you said you had a question come over yeah. on your tiktok right? i had one come over and ask if i still uh talk to ac or if i like ac i love ac i wish ac all the best uh, i know that he's he's since you know he's wrestled overseas he's still wrestling the independence uh he seems to be doing okay uh, as far as like us being in touch i probably haven't talked to ac in about eight months to be honest i think it's just one of those things of you know, I wish you the best and I hope you're doing well, but you know, we lives go on back to back to normal. You know, now it's now it's Larry D and Max Sled, baby. Everything legendary. He's trying to push them to the top. Everything we were already everything legendary. I already told you I'm pretty salty that you left me behind. You go to Impact Wrestling, you start a new tag team, and and like I you asked you what? before, here's my question for you. How'd that treat you? Max Sled wasn't the type of guy that wanted to go to the top and see me succeed. Oh, stop. Max stop. <laughs> stop. We know exactly where this is going. I guess you have friends that when you fall back <laughs> they catch you right right we don't need to get into that type of drama that's a whole nother that's a whole nother podcast yeah but you know if we're gonna bring that up what is your opinion on pro wrestling drama whether it's the independent level whether it's the big level we know there's a lot going on we're not going to touch on all that you can uh, theorize yeah. for yourself have your own opinions but what is your opinion on pro wrestling uh, drama? man I, coming up in my early years i used to get caught up in this pro wrestling drama and everything and then i realized man this ain't getting me nowhere and, and just a lot of time a lot of effort into 
something that it, here's the thing about pro wrestling drama and this is this is not a shot but it's just the way i always see it is like you can see these social media battles back and forth and it's mostly from the local guys that fucking you know they got something on their shoulder or whatnot and then they make these like these subliminal shots online and then you know the other guy makes his shot and then they have like this long thread of them just arguing and for the public to see and then they'll come together on each other's inboxes more than likely. And then you see them like shake hands and I can go on about nothing's wrong. It's stupid. Grow the fuck up. We're pro wrestlers. I don't have to like you to do business with you. Even but 10 years ago in my 20s, I was bullheaded as can be. I still did business with a guy that I couldn't stand. Couldn't stand. I still went in and done the business, even though I was making very little money because I loved fucking wrestling. I don't give a fuck who likes who. I don't give a fuck who don't like who. We're here to do a job. We're here to make our sport better. You don't have to like me to do that. I don't have to like you to do that. But we have to respect each other as professionals. And and we sometimes let that slip through the cracks a little bit, I feel, because of our personal opinions of one another. Yeah, I think sometimes people forget the word professional right. comes before wrestler. I agree. What got you into professional wrestling? I think we've talked about this the last few weeks, but the question that I have here is just what got you into wrestling? So maybe just an abridged version or if there was one thing that you were like, that's it. I know this is this is what I'm going to do was, the rest of my life. It was going out there every Friday with my mom and dad watching independent wrestling. I fell in love with it. I couldn't miss it. And it just something grabbed me from the first one I hit, you know. I can't say, like, I just know that MWA every Friday, my pop's taking us out there. That's that's what hooked me. I knew that's what I wanted to do. I told my mom at a very young age that I was going to be a pro wrestler. Were you one of those guys that was embarrassed, like your friends or somebody would ask you, like, what do you want to be? And you just like, uh, oh, no. a cop or oh, a no. doctor because you didn't want to be like, I no, want to be sir. a professional wrestler. I was right there in my Hulk Hogan shirt, right there. You go back to my kindergarten uh portrait i got a mullet and a rat tail and a hulk hogan shirt and i i've i've told him i want to wrestle the whole time what were we thinking i've got so many pictures with a rat tail <laughs> oh what in the world were uh, we cool i yeah. was wearing a windbreaker I, I felt pretty cool about it yeah i was you know the funny story is so like i have a picture from 1992 of me in school with a windbreaker and a rat tail and later on in life as a heel i wore that same windbreaker as a ring jacket. i love it see it comes full circle it does what is your favorite pro wrestling company out there to watch and what is the best professional wrestling company that you've ever worked for or been a part of i would say that impact wrestling obviously is the top that you know i love them you know uh i i, I got to work with the nwa and there's something special there i want more there you know there's something real real special about the nwa i want more there so i'm going to do what i can to show the nwa what i'm worth uh and you know i mean i don't get to watch a lot of wrestling i think that the only wrestling i watch is what we're involved in i watch a lot of indies when i'm there uh but i mostly just pay attention to our students i i don't really get to watch aew i don't get to watch wwe i don't get to keep up with impact you know i wish that i had more time to do so but you know i just you know, I don't get to watch as much. Yeah. What is your favorite pro wrestling theme song? And what is your least favorite pro wrestling theme songs? When of it all comes time? crashing down and it hurts. I love when Gandy hits the ring. It reminds me of my childhood. You know, I, I, you got in there at uh, the bike night and you were in there yeah. and you did the big pose down uh, with him. I don't know. I, 
I don't know what was it. The right to censor had that really annoying. Eh, yeah, eh, yeah. Well, I that don't would know. I don't know if we be. can soundbite that or not. Yeah. Wow, that's awesome. So, what was your favorite like gimmick of all time? You know, and I think what they mean by that question is like the gimmicky wrestlers, the gobbledygookers, the Doink the Clowns. What was your oh, favorite man, gimmicky I love, wrestler? I love Doink the Clown, especially when he brought like the midgets with him. You know the and. They would come to the ring together, and it was a doink, dink, zink. And yeah, and wink and pink. Yeah, I man. don't know. There was a lot of them. I think Jimmy Lamb was one of them on his knees. Oh, stop. <laughs> what is that? He, what? He said he was doink the clown, man. He did tell me that. I, you know, there was one time uh, people around here will know the name Ray, Ray the Bear Steel. Yes. And I remember he called me one day, and I was so excited because at, at a certain point, I didn't get a whole lot of outside wrestling bookings outside the main home promotion I worked for, which was MWA. And uh, he called me and he goes, hey, he dude, <laughs> what are you doing? I was like, uh, uh, nothing, Barry, what's happening? He goes, uh, you want to wrestle on my show? And I was like, yeah, that'd be great, man. I'm excited. When is it? He gives me the date. He gives me the time. And uh, I, you know, I'm excited. And he goes, uh, I want you to be Dork the Clown. <laughs> and... I think he's joking. He goes, no, I, like, I, you want me to wrestle Doink the Clown? No, I want you to be Doink the Clown. I get there, and they, they put me in a Doink the Clown costume. They paint my face up, and then they don't have the, the, the baby face Doink music. I'm a baby face, but and they, they had me coming out to the heel music with like the kids crying. I love it. And I'm working with uh, Jimmy Clough, and he's got three managers on the floor, and uh, I bring the buckets to the ring, one with the confetti in it, one with the water in it, so that we can do like the fake out confetti. If anybody, spot. if anybody would do the gimmick justice, it would be you. I, feel. I, I thought it was it was some of the most fun that I ever had. The only thing is, it's like while well, I was going around the ring doing the laugh and doing the doink, and all these people were so excited. Bear's kid is there, and I walk up to him, and he goes. You're just Max Slick. <laughs> it's like how disappointing. So disappointed that but yeah, I Doink would the say, Clown didn't show up. I would say Doink would be my most favorite. I like, yeah, Doink. That's terrific. So who is the most overrated wrestler in professional wrestling? No, I can't go there. I don't know. I mean, hell, I'd have to think on it. I mean, I'm sure there's several. Hell, I might be one of them. What's the best entrance that you've ever seen in professional wrestling or that you've ever had in professional uh, wrestling where you come out and it's like, oh, man, that was it. Like it, Maybe you don't notice it even at I first, always, but you watch it back. always am a fan of like Triple H mania entrances and even like Cena's there at the end. Man, those two, that, that was cool shit. Like when Stephanie was coming out and they had they had trips on the fucking uh like the thing with the skull throne and yeah. she was yeah, I mean that was tough stuff. You know, right sometimes people will say that that's you. Although, you know, Sean yeah, I know. Uh Sean coming Trailer from Park, the top. Trailer Park Triple H. Yeah, that's true. Sean coming from the top was pretty cool, you know. Uh, that was a moment I feel when he flew down in Houston, he come from oh, the top. Oh yeah. yeah. Yeah, really, really, really cool. And what about yourself personally? Any entrances that you remember? Or it's just another day at the office. Yeah, it's another day at the office for Larry. I dude. tell you, I, one day that was not a regular day at the office is I remember me and you being in the ring back to back, and we're sitting there, and we've got our fists up, and it's, "Are you ready?" <laughs> boom, boom. And it's like, what? The, like we look at each other, it's like. What world are we in that we're yeah. like facing off here with like DX? We're in like the independent wrestling dimension. Yeah, it's so weird. Things that 
you know, we grew up in that attitude era. We we were we had to suck at t-shirts. Man. And, you know, Who I remember so many shirts. We'd be shirts. standing there and hear that over the loudspeakers. We have made it. That's it. Yeah, we had for that night. We had made it. Uh, you beat Billy Gunn. Like what? Yeah, man. I got to crotch chop Billy Gunn. And I, you know, Billy Gunn has never kicked out of my cutter. My little, my little Quang got to choke him. We stood over top with the world title of New South Wrestling. Who's the most underrated worker in professional wrestling? You wouldn't say who the most overrated is. Who's underrated? Who's a guy that you see and you're like, man, and that's whether it's the the WWE, if it's AEW, or you look around. I think I'd prefer you to, to mention somebody on this level to where it's like you look at them and you're like, this guy, if he just gets that opportunity, he's going to make it. He's going to be something. Are you talking about locally? Yeah. Adam Swayze. So good. I love Adam Swayze. He knows who he is, and he can get heat or he can get sympathy. Whatever he's going for, he gets so underrated. Yeah, Adam Swayze. What's the best match you feel like you've ever had? I think we've answered that before. I believe it was probably Gresham. Well, gosh, I've advanced so much since Gresham. I'd have to really think on that one and tell you next week. Who do you feel on this level has the best mic skills that you hear? On this level? Yeah. Like uh, TV or just uh, I mean you can you can mention on TV if you want to. Nah, well, but I, I think mean, it's it means around MJF. Here. I feel, but around here, I feel like Kellen Craven's really good. You think so? I think nah. he, I don't know. Like he is, he's very good at doing what we what we teach is that you don't need to cut that screen yeah. in wrestling promo. You have to believe it. And I, I you know what I I would have to agree with you. I think yeah. that he is very good at hitting on that emotional level. Yeah. I want to get I just want to far quicker than he did the in ring. I want to see the guy come out of his box think, even more. He's going to be he's going to be big. I think Alex, oh, Alexis man. also. Alexis Littlefoot is already like big time ready on that microphone. That's if she makes it out of fucking bar brawl, gets my little quaint. That's it. I mean, the main event of this women's show is a dream partner tag match, but it's not just a regular tag match. It's a bar brawl, and it's the main event. We're going to settle some scores. The dreamer, your wife, your little Quain, Paige Jones, can find any partner she wants to take on the big Flexa. I'm going to have to Le- give Lexington's her. own Alexis Littlefoot and whatever partner she can find. And it could be an interesting night at Barbara. We I, can uh, see anything happen in Generation Next Pro Wrestling. You know, I'm going to have to have my woman look for another woman. What? You're going to have your woman look for another woman. Well, she needs a partner at bar, bro. What the fuck are you talking about? I'm not talking about I'm just asking the questions, you man. Don't fuck. don't get mad at the guy that is asking the question. Trying to find a unicorn horn here, son. You know what they say. They say if you turn a pineapple upside down in your shopping cart while you're shopping, that's how other people in the <laughs> store know <laughs> you you're see a those, like you see those TikToks sometimes. <laughs> they walk around and it's like yeah. They know you're a swinger. And speaking uh, of swingers, tell us about your relationship with Johnny Swinger. Johnny Swinger's the man. Johnny Swinger's such a great guy. He helped me out my first time down there at the NWA. He got me extra time with the office. And it was just great, man. I love Swinger. I can't ask for a better guy. Every time I see him out on the indies, every time it's just a great chat, great conversation. What is the win or loss in your career that made you, that you really feel like that was the match that you had, the win or loss that you had that was like, regardless, win, lose, or draw, this right here said I'm off to the races. I, I really think it was that run with Aaron Williams and, I, and when I won the TPI. I feel like now I'm off to the races. 
you know, feel like that because I was already, I was, I was, I was on my way. I was getting in great shape. I was, you know, my body of work was awesome. I feel, and and Aaron and I always had great matches. I feel like that when there those TPIs and things like that really excelled me. What was the best storyline that you've ever been a part of? Worst storyline you've ever been a part of? And what was something that you did in your career? It's a three part question that you feel like it was just there was food left on the table. There was so much uh, more. I you think. I think obviously there's so much food left on the table at Impact. That's the answer. I feel like uh, the best angle that I was in, I, and this was many years ago, but it did great business for the time was with Kelly Charles because it was real. Like people believed it. Like that gave me a hint of like how real we can hook people in the business and draw money. I knew that at a very young age with Kelly Charles. I still feel like that was the best, very best angle that I had because it drew so much, so much money. If you had a job within professional wrestling that wasn't a wrestler, what would it be? Match agent, hundred percent match agent. Uh, and you had talked about your, you know, your best with Kelly Charles, but uh, it was a two part or a three part question actually. So, what was your worst angle in professional wrestling? Oh gosh, I remember? remember we did one where they had us win the company, and then there was just no direction. They had a and then they did party right after, and then they did like a birthday party, and they sang happy birthday after we've evident after the heels have won the company. I thought it was just the shittiest of shit. Ever. I remember one time that you were like a, a, I don't know if you were the best man or you were the maid of honor in a male on male wedding. No. Uh, just so many just, silly things that we get into. I in can't even remember. Wrestling. There's uh, there's more silliness than goodness. So yeah, I, I, the silliness is is it's dime a dozen. And you said that you feel like the left on the table was just the anything impact. And impact yeah, right 100%, now. One hundred percent. Yeah. Great. So with all this being said, that's going to wrap up this episode. That was the end of the road. But it's so funny because and it's fitting that. Yes, it is the end of your time at Impact Wrestling, but it is definitely not the end of the road. No, sir. The legendary Larry D, and it's not going to be the end of the road for the Me, Max, and the Mike podcast because we're going to come back next week, and I'm not sure yet what we're going to talk about. I don't know what. I'm excited. I was yeah. talking today. I wonder what we're going to talk about. I love the fact that you uh, just hit me with it. You know, you, you got the topics. I just like to talk about Hey, my- you know, I think I'm going to let the fans speak, see what they would be interested in hearing, but – If not, then I promise you within a day or so, me and you will talk and we'll figure out a good topic for next week's episode because so much to talk about, so little time. Yes, sir. Thank you so much for listening to me, Max and Mike. We can't do this without each and every single one of you. I'm Mr. Everything Max Sled. This is Legendary Larry D, and this is the only podcast that is truly everything legendary. Let's go. We'll see you next week.